Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast for the week of August 2nd. Uh, now I'm going to announce what Friday it is so that people know uh, the context of the events before we do the podcast. Um, uh, today, is, um, today is Sunday, July the 28th. And uh, this is Adit Kapadia coming to you on yet another week to discuss all the news that happened this week. Joining me together is my fellow compadre, Pramod Kumar Buravalli. Hi, Pramod. I am good and I did not ask you to negotiate on Kashmir. <laughs> you don't even let me complete my introduction and you talk about Kashmir and um, Trump and Iran and what not. <laughs> so, so. No, because uh, before we make America great again, let's be clear that nobody <laughs> asked me or you to negotiate on Kashmir. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Donald Buravalli or promote Trump, however you look at it. <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to do, but basically what to give everyone a brief overview of what we are going to be discussing, you know, that, that uh, as Pramod mentioned, the Trump statement, Imran's visit to United States, how significant slash insignificant it was. Um, we'll also be talking about, um, we talked about in detail about the Karnataka crisis of what's happening and how the government fell. But then we'll also talk a little bit about what has happened since. Um, there have been various things that have dominated the news. There was the very pathetic comment by Azam Khan, which um, resulted in universal condemnation across party lines in the, uh, in the House. Uh, there is also the debate about Article 35A with their might there being more forces deployed in Kashmir, what is happening on that. So we'll discuss. So it's, it's basically a, um, a power-packed week ahead, a power-packed week that went back and uh, went by and a power-packed week ahead of us. So, and then there is also Prime Minister Modi's trip to Houston, where um, uh, in a couple of months, so he'll be coming to our part of the world. Um, and um, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. So, Pramod, let's, let, without further ado, let's start with what dominated the news about during the Trump-Imran meeting. So, Trump made a statement saying something about uh, Prime Minister Modi two weeks ago or something when he met him and told that he could mediate on Kashmir or something. Those were his words. And the minute and and a lot of people, including me, I mean, and across the political party lines, actually, we like everyone was like, there's no way he said that. No Indian prime minister would ever, ever, ever bring uh, a third party into Kashmir. It's we've maintained that this is an India-Pakistan uh, bilateral issue and so forth. Um, and the Minister of External Affairs, MEA, uh, Minister of, uh, issued a clarification. The Minister issued a clarification in the House and the MEA spokesperson issued a strong rebuttal. And then that resulted into sir, a lot of US Congressmen uh, calling the ambassador and apologizing. And the US clarified as well. Then Kashmir was dropped from the official statement. So what the hell happened, Pramod? Did he just like shoot his mouth off without knowing what he was wading into? We don't know that whether he shot his mouth up or uh, whether he was using that as a leverage to make Modi's uh, upcoming visit an uncomfortable one because, you see, the past three to four months, even before the elections, there has been a lot of uncomfortable sort of situation between the U.S. and India, almost resulting in a, a collateral sort of a situation uh, with the trade war that is happening between the U.S. and the rest of the world, you know, including China, where manufacturing companies are looking to 
you know, ditch China and math and move to uh, other parts of the world. Mm. And uh, Trump is doing his best to protect the interests of America, and that's what any nationalist president will do. Mm. Uh, whether it is tariffs, whether it is data privacy, whether it is uh, to do with uh, the uh, you know ta- visa issue that has been a hard burn between US and India. So Trump is all about leverage. If he finds that there is an uncomfortable situation that he will put the other party just to make his point come uh, across and uh, essentially to get his way, he will do that. And that's, I think, what he did. He knows that Pakistan at this point in, in time is completely at a comfortable uh, level, uh, so much that, you know, after Imran Khan landed, there was no official protocol and... Uh, after the, uh, the, that fiasco, uh, all the uh, statements that came uh, between Imran Khan and Trump at the Oval were basically open admittance. You know, uh, Imran Khan basically said that we still have 30 to 40,000 40, terrorists and we don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Trump said on his side that, look, every president, uh, prime minister before you was a fool. You are no fool. You are my fool. <laughs> you know? and, and so this, this, this situation is very unique when Everybody is now openly admitting uh, to what uh, we have been dreaming about the, their respective countries. We have been saying Pakistan has been a harbor, harbor of terrorism and uh, lo and behold, their uh, Imran Khan said, yes, that is the truth. And uh, at the same time, we have been saying that Trump is a bully and yes, he admitted that uh, he is a bully. He said that he could wipe off Afghanistan in like five or seven days of yeah, yeah that was the most no, shocking thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the Imran Khan's visit to America was probably the first visit by a Pakistani prime minister to India uh, to US that made some news, uh, and obviously uh, it made all the uh, news for wrong reasons because it, people called Trump out that you are you were saying that you are going to you know answer Pakistan back, sort of question them on this terrorist thing and he almost seemed very ambivalent. Again, making the same mistake that uh, scores of US presidents have made before uh, hoping that to, when if they placate Pakistan with aid and stuff like that, terrorism will stop. It has never worked in the last 70 years. I don't know what the hell is going to change um, now. And especially with Imran Khan uh, playing um, you know, um, hot and cold with the Taliban, uh, talking about good Taliban and bad Taliban and whatnot in his previous avatar before the Prime Minister of Pakistan. But so that is the conundrum there. But then when he brings in um, Kashmir, right? So it also tries to jeopardize US relations with India. It's leverage. It's like this. What influence do I have on Pakistan? Mm. Pakistan, like you rightly said, you are absolutely spot on, Mm. will never change its spot. Maybe Mm. Imran Khan is trying, maybe he is not. We don't know. Mm. I, I I will at least admit that by making these statements, he is making an effort to bring in, bring in an Aya Pakistan, as he call it, <laughs> calls it, right? But what does Trump have on Imran Khan? He has no control. They are not giving them any aid anymore. Hmm. The third trade is at an all-time low. Pakistan is firmly in the grips of China. So what does he do? Hmm. He dangles this out knowing that Modi needs the kind of trade and the kind of uh, support from United States for mm-hmm. our economic ambitions because, mark my words, the economy is not doing well. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's all about the economy in the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. Narendra Modi needs to come to the United States and make amendments. They've already started making some reconciliatory statements 
about data privacy and what kind of data can be stored at least mm. limited amount of data that can be stored by american companies in india they started giving uh, concessions to all in natural, uh, natural gas companies mm. so all of that has started because before the election narendra modi also could not have been seen as backing down to american uh, arm twisting strategies mm. but right now india has it, it is not in a position you remember Uh, our uh, union minister for external affairs was supposed to go to the brics meeting hmm. he did not go he did not go and he only sent vk singh who is a junior minister and has nothing to do with the brics summit uh, as, as a replacement there's nothing important going on for the ministry of external affairs to stay at home hmm. for such an important thing we were brics india is a founding member hmm. so all of these games are being played but Ultimately, India's goal at this point in time is to make good on Trump in the next year and a half because we don't know if Trump is coming back. So until that time, he should, if he has to be happy and this tariff and trade war, the visa war that is happening, well, uh, they'll just maybe deny about this statement. But they all know that Trump played a very big game to try to internationalize Kashmir by putting India in an uncomfortable situation so that he can start. slowly getting into the game you yaad hai tumko india mein kahawat tha do billiyan ek roti ke liye roti rehti hain beech mein ek bandar aa jata hai do you remember that story yeah yeah absolutely in which the roti uh, the the bandar says the monkey says that she will divide the roti between uh, the two uh, warring uh, bees the cat and ultimately ends up eating the roti for her so that, that is what trump did very slightly there is no way modi or india could have asked for anything on kashmir there's nothing happening right now mm. at this point in time india is in a very good situation with the international community mm. uh, you know hafiz said is the uh, tremendous pressure pakistan is have to act on terrorism uh, including kulbhushan jadav india is on an upper hand industry mm. there's why should we even need anything on uh, anything from any country on kashmir so mm. trump very slightly to get in on that but i'll tell you this i'll tell you this here is where i think trump fell short see there is no, no other issue like kashmir which sort of or among other issues there is a, a sort of a bipartisan consensus even in india and i know rahul gandhi's party played a f- flip flop over this but uh, eventually people do come in line over kashmir so i think he picked the wrong issue to even dangle in front of india it's that's like you know you know india was going to push back so that yeah, is yeah and, and that india is does not have uh, i mean us does not have any control over india right now in many ways hmm. even uh, when the united states said that you know you don't buy this military hardware s400 hmm. uh, surface to air uh, missile defense system the ballistic missile defense system from russia hmm. uh, and uh, dangled out the f35 as a alternate to india india said no Mm. we're not going to take your drones we're not going to take your f35 aircraft we have a historical relationship hardware is much better integrated from russia so just you know uh, mind your own uh, thing and uh, you know so so i i would say i am at this point in time not really certain that uh, trump has overextended his leverage in fact even modi knows that that you know this is just a silly thing that he'll no, do no i think it is a silly thing but but yeah. but but it exposes him as some sort of a fraud who make up made makes up see now it could be leverage right but this is a completely made up statement yeah this is a made up statement to 
gain leverage. Ha, so okay. that's so what I'm saying. Say so that, 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 is, say, that is the sort of a... Because, ha, sorry, go on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go on. No, because what what Modi must have done effectively in the past is every time Trump tries to bring up, well, what can I do for you guys? Hmm. Modi must have jokingly said that, well, uh, you know, terrorism in the region, please exert enough pressure on Pakistan about terrorism or something of, mm-hmm. of that nature. And Trump misused that uh, trust mm-hmm. that Modi placed in him to take the, take it to his own advantage. But the, but the situation is as if mm-hmm. America is in a better position right now. The economy is improving. Uh, Trump is in a better situation politically mm-hmm. as well. So he knows that he will get away with anything. Exactly. So that 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 essentially is the uh, key. So going from Kashmir to like Kashmir discussion to discussion on Kashmir about what's happening in India. Certainly, article certainly Article Thirty Five A is back in the news, and um, yeah. I personally don't think anything is going to happen lately. I hope it does, but I personally don't think. I think um, uh, the Kashmiri politicians are going ballistic for no reason. But I I hope I'm wrong, and the government does do something on it. I mean, Article Thirty Five A. Do read this piece by Suresh Kochi. Dylan mind makers uh, it's a terrific piece on how it was a, it's a sort of a fraud you know uh, it's basically what it states is no existing law enforced in state of jnk and no law hereafter enacted by the legislature of state conferring on permanent residents any special rights and privileges or imposing upon other persons any restrictions as aspects so basically what it is is you you know that people who are not permanent residents cannot seek employment under the state government acquisition of immovable property cannot happen in the state there is no settlement in state there is no right to scholarships and such forms of the state government and so forth and there are many other such provisions are there and it's it's basically discriminatory towards people of india who if they want to live in in kashmir um so this uh, uh BJP's position has been to uh, abrogate Article 370, but also on Article 35A, there has been they have been in favor of say you know having a discussion or even look towards abrogation of it or some stuff like that. So, do you think promote anything is going to happen? I don't know. Radia that uh, basically said the earlier time, I think a few days ago, that uh, uh, there are a lot of group movements leading to panic and fear. Let's ask Mrs. Radia. Mere <laughs> papre. Radia that. When Amit Shah is the Home Minister of India, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> This week I was in a, a state of shock. Actually, I was recovering, as you know, from some little bit of ill health. Hmm. Hmm. But then this man is doing unbelievable things with this NIA Act. I don't hmm. know if you have been following. I that. have, I have. I have been. But but but, Pramod, uh, you should brief brief our listeners uh, what is um, happening, and then I'll jump on to yeah. Kashmir. But talk about this uh, a little bit. Well, the NIA Amendment Act gives. Sweeping powers to national investigative agency to essentially make sure that people who are trying uh, to escape and uh, then who cannot be, uh, you know, uh, repatriated so quickly, uh, th- there was a huge uh, uh, brouhaha happening, and then all of a sudden the NIA amendment uh, bill 2019, which basically gives scope to the uh, agency, the NIA agency, which essentially was. Uh, set up after the 
Yes. Now, mm-hmm. we'll be able to probe Indian links with the Sri Lankan black. Something yeah. happens mm-hmm. in Syria and mm-hmm. some idiot goes from Kerala, blows himself up in uh, Syria. Then NIA will have sweeping powers to go and in, uh, investigate internationally as well. That's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives sweeping additional powers to the investigative agencies and obviously the opposition was up in the arms. They, they said this will give, make India a police state, etc., etc. And uh, key change essentially is that uh, the new bill empowers the NIA to probe offences under the scheduled list. That's right. So that's the most important thing. And uh, this is important because uh, now the NIA can investigate offences related to trafficking. You know, kids, uh, kids and people are kidnapped. Mm. Uh, Course circulation of fake currency, that's a big deal. Money comes in from Nepal all the time, all the fake currency. Mm. Manufacture and sale of prohibited arms and cyber terrorism. Huge ambit, mm. which CBI as a toothless tiger and a political tool was not, be, not being able to do. And India needed a very strong professional investigative arm that has sweeping global power. Mm. So now the first case assigned to it was the a linkage of Indian uh, citizens to the blast in uh, in uh, Sri Lanka. Mm. So that everybody opposed it, but uh, finally it got passed. Then again, uh, there's new thing that, that they are trying to do, which is to uh, um, give uh, sweeping powers to, uh, you know, uh, of course, the, the, the biggest uh, amendment they were also trying to do is to get uh, more of the... Uh, uh, powers to uh, uh, the uh, RTI. You know, if you remember, mm-hmm. RTI was the pet project of Sonia Gandhi. Mm-hmm. And RTI was almost never touched even by Narendra Modi in uh, in the first term. Mm-hmm. And this time, uh, Sonia Gandhi, everybody went up against uh, the, uh, you know, uh, amendments, mm-hmm. you know. And the tweak means that the government may... may in many ways, threaten or lure the chief information commissioner and information commissioner hmm. in the long term. Hmm. Because uh, it was a sweeping sort of power that was given to the CIC. All these RTI activist business was really beginning to hurt governance. Anybody or anybody could say, uh, show me the degree certificate of Narendra Modi and hold up a certain form. Hmm. Okay. Um, Ranjan Choudhury, um, the Congress, last known Congress leader in the history of Indian Parliament, called it dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> no, repeat that again. But, uh, last known Congress leader in the history of Indian Parliament. <laughs> correct. He's the last known Congress leader. I don't know who else will come after this. But uh, this bill essentially sets the terms and conditions for the appointment of CIC and also information commissioners at the state level. Mm. Okay. Uh, three provisions were challenged by the opposition. First of all, um, you know, most importantly, what the RTI does, RTI Act of 2005, it makes the public authorities uh, make disclosure on their functions, their salaries, their organization structure, powers and duties, and most importantly, what kind of uh, function they are supposed to be doing. Okay, hmm. and if they are not doing that, somebody can file an RTI and basically get a response. Right. Okay. Now there have been many RTI responses and uh, queries that have been uncomfortable to everybody. Hmm. One of the recent one was Mr. Racharyalu was stripped of human resource development portfolio because of an RTI inquiry, and then in 2016 he came back. It, it's, a, it's 
always back and forth are there hmm. Hmm. so now but what's the government's defense the government has always said and this is my plea, my plea as well that RTI has always been a governance hindrance sort of a thing it is always used by lawyers left right and center to earn some quick hit money hmm. if you blackmail someone RTI hmm. so interestingly the central commission also had picked information commissioner okay? hmm. but until this uh, new re-election Four posts of information commissioners were lying vacant with, in fact, even the opposition was saying that Modi government was afraid to appoint information commissioners, etc., etc., mm. okay? Now, all of a sudden, your uh, Amit Shah comes, makes sweeping changes and says that, uh, you know, let's uh, increase the same level of uh, chief election commissioner and other election commissioners, this is feature hota hai, mm. to chief information commissioner and the other civil services as well. Mm. <laughs> so this is a sweeping sort of thing. He's, he's hurling all of this one after the other. And uh, of course, uh, uh, Rajya Sabha also passed because they are inching close to majority on Rajya Sabha mm. with all these new acquisitions they have from other parties, etc. And, re, you know, uh, new numbers. Ah, TDP in. also, the TDP one, members coming from um, AP into Yeah, yeah. One SP per person also came in. Hmm. Um, but but to, to end the Kashmir part, I mean, because we started with Kashmir, it transmorphed into Amit Shah. I personally, th- I hope there is some activity on Article 35A, but I think this is sort of a also, this could be a, a sort of a nice bluff by the government to have something uh, else coming on. Let's not forget Kashmir is under president's rule. Uh, it does, there is no election, there are no elections scheduled till next year when the state assembly elections happen. Because in Kashmir, the state assembly term is six years instead of five years. Again, something yeah. different other than what's constitutionally uh, mandated in other states. So, We'll see what happens, but in closure... We don't know. We don't know. It could be a smoke screen for something. Exactly. But, but, one, one, but, but, but to sum it up... But, but politically also, you know, for Narendra Modi and uh, Amit Shah to sustain the political momentum, hmm. they have to try to do something very important politically because the right wing is also up in the arms with... Uh, no ha- action happening on the social cultural and front. we'll so talk about that in Modi, detail yeah. in the podcast because we have a series of interviews and stuff also coming up yeah. on the cultural side but to sum right. it up with nothing is happening on 35A yet that we see but with Amit Shah at the helm of the home ministry you never know so um, and in part 2 we're going to talk about a little bit about Modi in Houston and then our recommendations for the week before we uh, go into part 2 we would really 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 like to thank all the support we've received on, on for Mindmakers over the last um, few months, especially in the last two, three months, we've had people who are contributing to support the podcast, support the website, and we would like to, you know, um, uh, uh, thank all of them, uh, especially all these supporters, Abhishek Keshav, Dr. Surinder Kaul, uh, Sharan Sharalia, Mohan Joshi, Dr. T.R.N. Rao, Seema Jai Singhani, Pranav Patel, Suresh Srinivasan, Ramesh Shah, Raghu Ayer, Murli Ahubilia, and Yashas Prasad. Thank you guys so much. You and many more like you are the reason why we stay alive, stay, stay, um, you know, on top of everything, have the resources to, you know, get you the best, best commentary, the best podcast, best analysis. And, you know, please keep supporting. We'll be, you know, um, going, expanding and uh, and the next avatar of Mindmakers will encompass a lot more. So. Absolutely. And uh, uh, might I add, add it? Hmm that our mind is free because uh, they have us on their mind. 
There is no way we could have done this. Five years, my brother, hmm. having done this relentlessly uh, for so many, so many years. This is my my prayers, my pranams, my hmm. absolute humble. Uh, you know, I would I would say. Uh, appreciation for all the support we are getting yes. and from listeners so, and, and, and from all our writers. supporters. A lot of well, we are humbled yeah. and we only promise to make things better. And there are so many supporters, you know, on the front line, behind the scenes. You know all of who you are. You know how much every one of you means to us. So thank you all so much uh, for supporting. Um, but. Before you know, before I uh, before uh, before I digress, I want to get back to the topics in hand. And the last topic I wanted to talk about was uh, Prime Minister because we started with Prime Minister Modi coming in U.S. He's going to do a public um, a meeting in Houston. Uh, the date is announced right now. It's September twenty second, and it's going to be a terrific event. More than fifty thousand people are expected. So uh, you know, promote on this trip. He's going to do D.C. in New York, Houston. So it's going to be diplomacy. Community engagement, meeting the lawmakers, and maybe meeting the industrialists as well. So, do you think we are going to see something different in Modi 2.0? And this is his first visit after that stunning mandate that they got in 2019. Well, we have uh, a lot uh, to discuss in detail with the United States. There is a uh, lot of unexplored territories, cancer research. You know, the well, the main reasons I, I'm pretty sure Houston has chosen is because of the seminal work that is done in the biotech industry here in Houston. And the oil and gas both. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, people, uh, sorry, go on. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. No, no, I was just saying people generally uh, think of Houston as oil and gas or NASA, but there's also a very big industry in terms of mm -hmm. the medical center right. with uh, seminal research and development work that happens in the biotech and, uh, you know, and clinical research uh, field. So, uh, I'm pretty sure there will be a, a bigger conversation Narendra Modi will have with uh, captains of industry when he comes to Houston. I'm very excited because Houston is like the Nagpur of India. It's a <laughs> hub of social uh, cultural activities. As you know, Adit, you and I are doing a radio program called Voice of Bharat on a local radio channel leading a bandwidth here on 11.10 a.m. every Saturday, uh, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And you and I, we get so much feedback uh, on mm. local events that happen. Mm. You know, now yesterday you were not there, but you know, most of the times local organizers want their voice to be heard. Like Ram Leela happened, mm. or this Narendra Modi event is happening. It's, it's an amazing hub Houston is, mm. and I'm very blessed to have been living here for the past six years. You've been here for almost 13, 14 years. 12 years, so yes. You know better uh -huh. than I do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, it's a lovely city and I'm so glad that Prime Minister Modi has decided to come here. Um, you know, uh, truly the Nagpur, Nagpur of India and not just oranges. I'm kidding, of course. But uh, no, there is the culturally it's connected um, in terms of that. And it's not spoken in the same length as uh, your Chicago, New York or LA, but it is the fourth biggest city in the United States and, you know, great metropolitan area. So, um, hoping to see um, hoping to see Prime Minister Modi in, at the NRG Stadium here and, and we'll bring you the coverage of it. We'll have discussions and, you know, all sorts of things as, as uh, you know, as we get closer to the event. Um, so, before we end today, Pramod, any recommendations you have for our listeners this week? I would want people to search up General G.D. Bakshi's new book hmm. about uh, Saraswati Civilization. 
Hmm. He is somebody whose family and generation have served India in various capacities. Hmm. And General Bakshi is a very nice man. We are actually almost became close to interviewing on stage during the uh, project, uh, the book launch itself. Our Harita Pusarla went uh, to try to get an interview from him, but he got mobbed. Hmm. And uh, we were unfortunately unable to get an interview on site. But we will try to get an email interview or at least a phone interview Absolutely. going with him very soon. Hmm. Uh, but my my recommendation is people please support uh, General G.D. Bakshi by uh, buying his book, reading it on Amazon or uh, Kindle. And hmm. also Manashi Sinha's Saffron Sword. She, she has done an excellent job by compiling the history of all the warrior kings who have been able to protect us and the reason why you, me, as Hindu and Jain are alive was because of the sacrifices these kings and uh, warriors made. So it's a great book. Uh, my recommendation, joint recommendation is General GD's books on Saraswati civilization and uh, Manashi Sinha's Saffron Swords. Terrific, terrific. Uh, How about yours? So my recommendation is going to be completely uh, different this time, but it is going to have, it is going to be about the geopolitics and um, issue, but it's a TV series or a Netflix series called The Last Tsar. And it is about the last uh, few years of the Tsar rule in Russia, how the Tsar had to abdicate his throne, how Lenin came to power and the whole mystery around Gregory Rasputin and stuff like that. So, so it's a, Wow, well, it, I, I wanted to see it, but I wasn't sure what uh, duration it was i flipped through it very quickly yeah it's a, and it's then uh, a, i i might see it now yeah, it's based a, it's on a, your recommendation it's a, yeah it's a six hour it's a six part series each part is about 40 45 minutes um it is for mature audiences uh, but it's a terrific terrific show and if you want to understand the context of what happened in russia and the the best part about the series is there is no real person who, I mean, of course, there are people who messed up like Rasputin and stuff who come out looking as they are, but there are no real, it's not like, say, if it talks about the problems with the czar, it doesn't give Lenin a free pass, right? If they sure. talk, yeah. by all these recommendations, do you realize for the past five, six years hmm. that you can write a book on our personal experience with the narrative? <laughs> I'm not a writer. I'm hmm. not a writer anymore. I'm a very compulsive, uh, I used to be a compulsive reader at least, now I don't even have time for reading. But you can, you are you're still writing, sometimes you uh, have that propensity to put things uh, together. Yeah. So have you ever thought of that? No, I haven't, but me, it's, it is a good idea. It's a terrific idea. But, you know, just to finish my thought on this uh, last czar, I think everyone who wants to understand why Russia went to from an autocracy to a complete communist sort of thing uh, and now it's almost like a weird like a communist dictatorship or something and um, um, it's just stunning to which like the complete apathy that the rulers of Russia had towards their ruling class and how the ruling class kept getting uh, led for something and how how much of history was uh, sort of held back for 50 years 60 years and so forth so do watch the show it is a terrific show terrific show well going back before you divert my attention again when are you writing the book <laughs> uh, not anytime soon but but you know the thing is for every one page of writing i need to read 30 to 40 pages um, of books so maybe that's what i need to start writing and the book will come very soon so no, because we you yourself mm -hmm. as a young man mm -hmm. and somebody that i i 
I'm very fortunate to have met you exactly about uh, six years ago. There is no no way to describe how our meeting happened in uh, August yeah. of 2013. Right, this right. is just uh, to me. I call it Bhagwat Sankalpa. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how you feel uh, about this journey in the past six years. What we have gone through yeah. as mind makers the ups and downs of seeing two elections so upfront and personal, mm. one of these days, think about it, my friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I don't need to take this up on it. Maybe this is the this is the sort of moment. But terrific discussion is always promoted. Thank you so much for joining us. Next week, we'll be back. With I am in process with uh, scheduling a podcast with Radha Bhardwaj about her movie coming up, Space Moms. Uh, we yeah, why don't you talk about the lineup? Uh, I've, uh, no, we don't. No, no, no. Uh, I, I don't want to uh, spoil the... F- no, no, no. I don't want to spoil the fun. Yeah, but I don't want to spoil the fun. We'll, we'll tweet about the lineup. So guys, keep checking this, our SoundCloud page for more. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, we, uh, the podcast with Radha Bhardwaj is coming up in the next two weeks or so. But we'll keep you guys posted about that. But thank you so much. And as always, promote pleasure discussing with you. Thank you. We'll be I back next week with more guys. And India on our mind. Absolutely. Next week we'll be back with more. And as you can see, the Mind Podcast has resumed its usual duration of 30 to 45 minutes. So don't worry. That's how it's going to be uh, as well. So thank you guys for joining us this week.